Hello, hello, my fellow outnumbered professionals. We are back at it again with another outnumbered episode. And I am very excited. I mean, if you ever meet me in real life, don't expect this energy level because you're not going to get it. But I'm super excited. I'm pumped tonight because we have Casey Lang from Madison Square Garden or MSG Networks. Um, she is their traffic coordinator. And enough of me. I'm going to let Casey tell her story because, I mean, there's really no one who can tell it better than her. So, Casey, it's all you. Um, I'm from Long Island, New York. I currently reside in Queens. And I've been at MSG three years this April, which is crazy. Um, but I want to get into how I got here um, because like me and Kelly talked about, it's I've been I've taken not a straight path to this job whatsoever. And it's been awesome experience after awesome experience. And I would just love to dive more into it so that girls in college or going through internships can relate and hear how it's not always oh, I interned somewhere, I stayed there for four years, and then I got a job. Like, sometimes you can just, you know, do that hustle work to get to where you want to be. Um, and even for me, like, I went to school down in the University of Tampa, where I majored in sport management. But when I was a senior in high school, I had no idea what I wanted to do. I didn't know that sport management was even an option. Um, I always knew I wanted to be in sports, but I kind of figured I would take the athletic trainer path, because at the time, that's all I knew I was just like oh I want to be in sports I guess I have to be on the sideline like taping ankles and then I went to visit I was actually born because the Rangers won the 94 cup <laughs> um my parents made a bet that if the Rangers won they'd have another kid and that's how I be became about and me so I have a special tie to the garden and the Rangers organization <laughs> um so yeah that being said I you know I really researched sport management and all the different departments and the community relations department immediately stuck out to me because I grew up volunteering since I was in eighth grade um I always volunteered at the games for the physically challenged on Long Island um, and so when I found out about community relations, I was like, wait, I also grew up watching the ESPN Make-A-Wish stories every year that they did. So I knew immediately that was what I wanted to do. And I consider myself lucky because when I went into UT as a freshman, I immediately was like, okay, this is the department I want to get into. How am I going to get there? And then when I got there, I was immediately overwhelmed and intimidated because I felt like everyone else in my major every time they brought it up they're like my mom knows this person my dad knows this person and I was sitting around like I don't have any of these connections and this I didn't realize like this is what it was going to be like this is cutthroat like this is real deal like these people are already talking about internships and we are 18 years old so it made me realize really quick like okay like it's time to like buckle down and like I thought I was going to go to college and just focus on <laughs> partying the whole time and it was like no I need to get it in check and get in line and so immediately I reached out to the athletic department uh, volunteered and worked for the athletic marketing team we just would go around and hand out flyers for upcoming game nights and then we'd create like special game nights like American Horror themed and we did one where like we gave back to like NYPD and firemen and we did like a Mother's Day theme one and putting together those events really solidified for me like okay like I love the community aspect of it like the reason why I think sports is so special is all of my favorite memories in sports are from watching it with my family like 
sports means so much to me because it literally reminds me of watching it with my brothers, my dad, my mom, my cousins. So when I would go to these events that we would put on and see the people in the stands and like, I went to UT, okay? I wasn't at some big D1 school. So there wasn't that many people in the stands, but when I saw the people in there and just how happy they were, I was like, you know, like in five years, like one of these moms, if they bring up the Mother's Day night, like I did my job and that's all I want. I just want people to talk about this years from now being like, remember when we were at that game? Because that's what I still talk about. So once that clicked for me, I was like, okay, how am I going to get to community relations? Because as you both know, it is such a hard and small department. Once someone gets into community relations, it's about four people and they literally do it until they retire because it's so hard to get in there. And usually you see in community relations, like not to throw shade at like a sales job, but the people in community relations, it's purely from their heart and their passion. So like, that's why they pour their everything into it and they do it for so long. So when I realized that I was like, okay, how am I supposed to get an internship? And so I applied for an internship with the lightning and I didn't get it and I was devastated. So I went to one of my professors and I said, okay, keep it a hundred with me. <laughs> how am I supposed to get this internship when I have no experience in community relations? I can't get the experience because I can't get the job to give me the experience what am I supposed to do? And he gave me the best advice that I still use to this day. He said, you're thinking too inside the box. He's like, you need to think bigger than sports. He's like, there are other things that can relate to sports that aren't just a baseball team, a football team, a hockey team. And then that's honestly when I reached out to uh, the Make-A-Wish Foundation down in Tampa. And I asked if they were, they had any internship because I thought, well, if I can't do community relations for a hockey team, where can I do community work? And where can I give back where I can relate it to sports? So that's when I worked at Make-A-Wish for a year, which that experience was unreal. I basically was on their development and events team. So basically all the fundraising events that they put on. So Make-A-Wish has two parts. Obviously, as everyone sees on TV or in, you know on social media, they have the actual wish granting that happens. But then behind the scenes, they throw these massive gala events and golf tournaments. And this is where they fundraise to get all the money to have these kids go on their wishes. So I was a part of the fundraising team, which again, is so relatable <laughs> to community relations and any events in sports, because you can take that and apply it to any job that you're going to do forward in the events world. And obviously, you know, when you want to work in sports, sports, the actual sport itself is huge, but there's so much more to it. If you want to be in community relations, how is your communication skills? How is your people skills? How is your teamwork skills? How are you with delegating? Especially in events, how is your critical thinking skills? Because I guarantee you something is going to go wrong. And when I say something, I mean, 30 things are going to go wrong. And are you going to be the type of girl or guy that's going to literally panic and crumble? Or are you going to buckle down and fix everything or fake it till you make it and kind of fix it where the event goes on and no one even knows you know you you were in the back absolutely sweating <laughs> and having a panic attack. Like I did a I helped out with a golf tournament and the day before I created this like lavish organizational list of where all the grab bags were going to go and goodie bags. And I was like this goes to this group and this foursome morning of the event. 
someone who works at the country club comes up to me and he's like, hey, so we had to switch around the room. So we moved all of your bags into a different room. I literally had like a full out like, panic attack, but I was trying to hide it from my boss. And I was like, okay, yeah, no problem. So I had about five minutes to get all the bags that I organized onto the cor- uh, carts. And then also as a intern, I was in charge of the volunteers, which again, another thing where it's like when you work in events or sports, it's not just about the sport. Can you handle being a supervisor to volunteers? That was a really, really huge learning curve for me because I've done that when I'm 19. Like I was 19 when I had my Make-A-Wish internship and some of the volunteers were 40, 50 years old. So I kind of had to learn like, it's so important to be self-aware of who your audience is and who you're talking to, because I wasn't going to talk to the 18-year-old volunteer the same way I was going to talk to the 40-year-old volunteer. And it's not in a negative way or in a bad way. It's just, you can make that argument where when you're a captain of a sports team, people are motivated differently. When you're a boss, like people are motivated differently on why they want to work. So when you're working in events, it's huge to know even your volunteers, because they're, they are there to help you. So why are, why do they want to help you? You need to make them interested in the event. You got them there, but what's going to keep them engaged. So me learning those skills in that internship, like truly changed, like the, my entire path of where I was going, because I say this all the time, but that internship made me feel like I can truly accomplish anything because it was so hard and so much work. And I was so young. I was only a junior in college and they gave, they put so much trust and faith in me. And I'm so like loyal to them for that because I sometimes would be like, do I really know what I'm doing to do this? But I mean, I guess I did because it worked. But after I did that internship, I applied, actually, I didn't apply for um, the community relations with the lightning yet. So after I did that internship, I applied for an MSG student associate internship, which I funny enough didn't get. And I remember I was pissed. (laughs) Like I was so mad because I was going back home for the summer. And I was like, uh, my dream was always to work at MSG because again, I'm from New York. I'm a diehard Rangers fan. And I thought I killed the interview and I didn't get it. And I was like, wow, I'm really shocked right now. I thought I had it in the bag. I was going to come home wasn't worried about having to like do an internship out of state. And then I didn't get it. And again, my advisor said to me, he's like, think outside the box. So that's when I actually started looking into Tough Mudder and like Spartan races because my cousin did them. And I was like, you know what? This is again, this isn't a traditional sports team, but like Tough Mudders are freaking dope. Like I would love, I'm, I'm really into, you know, fitness and like I play volleyball my whole life. So I love kind of challenging myself. And I was like, okay, like, let me see what Tough Mudder has. They're based in Brooklyn. I could still be home. Like this would be sick. And it wasn't, it was cool because it was a development intern position. So it wasn't necessarily typically involved with events like I thought I'd want to do, but it was so involved with the back end of events. So we actually, in this internship, So I don't know if anyone knows about Tough Mudder, but basically it's like this wild obstacle course. It's like a 12 mile run with like 40 different obstacles, like throwing yourself over a a freaking like wall and climbing under mud and getting electrocuted and going through cold water. So basically what my job was, was after say three events, if they were in like two in New York and one in Boston, 
I would take all the information from those events and see like how much we did in revenue with hotel stays, merch, food trucks, travel costs, like if how many people rented a car, how many people traveled in groups. And for me, that was interesting because I kind of felt like I completed my whole event world where I took my year with Make-A-Wish, learned how an event happens from the start of it to the end of it when the night is over and we raise the money. And now at Tough Mudder, I was seeing the back end of it of what happens when the event is done? How did we do financially? Then let's research other areas we could possibly go to and see if that could benefit us more. So for me, it was really cool because I felt like it came full circle. Now, again, what I want to focus on is I still knew I wanted to do community relations, right? Like when I did this internship with Make-A-Wish, I knew I wanted to do community relations. When I took this internship with Tough Mudder, I knew I wanted to do community relations. But I think such a huge part of what, I don't want to say holds people back in sports, but they get this idea in their head of what they want to do. And that's all they focus on. And then they refuse to take any other opportunity because they're like, well, I want to do community relations. So why would I work for Tough Mudder in a development role? And it's like, because there's certain things you could take from every role and apply it to something else. And you can't just sit back and wait for that position to magically open up. Like how, what are you going to do to get yourself there? And I think that's what I realized really young, luckily, because I mean, like you guys know, I'm only 25, but I kind of realized it really quick when I was 18, when I heard everyone talking about who their parents knew, I was like, okay, well, who do I know? I'm going to create my own network. I will take different jobs and only learn from them with Tough Mudder. Yeah, I was doing the back end of an event uh, kind of base position. Did I love it? Honestly, like day-to-day wise, I knew it wasn't what I wanted to do long-term. But to me, it's like, okay, that's still a win in my book because now I know moving forward, this isn't something that I want to do long-term. And that in itself is huge because you're only going to know if you want to do something if you give it a try, which again, I think is so common with people who want to work in sports. You hear it all the time. I know you guys have heard it. I want to be a, I want to work in production. I want to work in marketing. And then they get so focused on it. They will not see anything else. So I think in my journey, when I say I haven't taken a straight path, every weird turn I've I have taken has literally led me to some of the coolest opportunities where I meet the best people. And that's why I'm always open. If someone says, oh, I have this kind of weird job. I'm like, let me hear it because I might like it. I don't know. I might like it. And I'm, I'm always going to learn something. And I think that was some, what I took away the most from Tough Mudder was I now understood the back end of events. So then this is where my lightning dream internship comes in, which I love to talk about. Right before I left for school, well, left for school, left to go home that summer to work for Tough Mudder, uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning always did almost like a career fair. I don't know if you guys had this at your college where like a team would put on um, pretty much an event where it was like from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. We're gonna have six departments here. And you can come and write down the top three departments you want to meet with and kind of just network with them and give them your resume and tell them you're interested in their department. And kind of just like it's like a networking opportunity and internship opportunity to show face. So, of course, I went because it was the Tampa Bay Lightning and Community Relations, which I already was denied my sophomore year. 
And I felt like I finally built this experience to apply again. And I go and guess what, who the only department that isn't theirs, the community relations department. So I'm in my head, I'm like cursing up the storm. I'm like, I've been sitting here for seven hours and they're not here. Like I am so upset and annoyed right now. I can't believe they're not here. So then I didn't want to be rude because I, <laughs> so I didn't want to leave. But I was like, why am I here? This is literally why I'm here. So I sat there and I met with two other departments. I couldn't even tell you right now who I met with because in my head, I was like, I don't want to, like I, I had my mindset, like I just said not to do in my previous spiel, I did what I said not to do. My mind was so set on seeing these people that I was like, damn, I can't believe that they're not here. So at the end of the day, I went up to the HR table and I said, I know this might be a long shot, but I was really hoping to meet the community relations department. I know they're not here. If you don't mind, this is my resume. Could you pass it along to them? And thank God and the universe and whoever convinced me to do that, I did that. Because then while I was interning at Tough Mudder, I received an email from my future supervisor, Christina, and it said, hey, Casey, we received your resume from so-and-so in HR. We have an internship coming up this fall in community relations. Would you be interested? And I freaked out. I told my boss at the time at Tough Mudder because she knew what I wanted to do. I was like running around the office, like going crazy. I was so excited because for me, it was like a full circle moment. Like I got denied my <laughs> sophomore year. I did my internship at Make-A-Wish. I did Tough Mudder. I did these like weird volunteer opportunities for this one job that I've always wanted. And I got it. And it was definitely for me, I always say like, I'm not kidding. I worked 60 hours like a week and it was unpaid. And if they offered it for, to me tomorrow unpaid, I would take it again. <laughs> like I loved this job so much. One, my two bosses, Christina and Sarah, who I still talk to were the coolest people ever. And just like, so motivated, like they motivated me so much because they were really young and they had these roles that I wanted. So just like, as you guys can relate to seeing young women in a job that you want, in itself is like, wow, so this really can happen. Like I can get here. And basically for that job, I mean, it was my dream. So I helped out with, you know, uh, meet and greets after games. Um, I helped out with the team signings. I got up at 4am and was there at 430 in the morning and had all the tables set up with hockey sticks, pucks and Got to meet all the players, all the players like Stamkos and Callahan signing. Um, before the game, we would set up, I don't know if anyone knows about uh, Ryan Callahan and his wife has have their own foundation. Um, so we did something called Callie's Crew where kids from the children's hospital would get to stay in his suite and we would offer them goodie bags and whatever they needed. And after the game, I would um, direct them to the locker room where he, they would all meet Callahan. Um, and for me, this role... It, it meant so much to me because I always knew I wanted to do community relations as I've talked about, but doing this role, I always, and like, I always joke with my friends and they say I'm crazy, but I'm like, I don't care if I'm 55 <laughs> and I've never worked a week of a full-time job in community relations. And I get offered as like a coordinator position for it. If I can just say I did it a week, like as like my full-time career, like I will take it. Because I know after doing it for one semester that this is what I want to do. 
it's, I truly believe it's why I was like put on this earth. I know I want to help people and put these events together. And when I worked for the lightning, again, like I mentioned with Tampa, when I saw these families, even I remember I helped out a 16 year old girl after the game, I directed her and I think her dad and her best friend. And it was like, it was her 16th birthday. And after the game, she was going to meet one of the players and she was freaking out. And I was like, this is so cool that I get to witness this. Like this girl is going to talk about this for the rest of her life because this is her sweet 16 and I'm helping her put, like, I'm helping her achieve this. And what is better than that? Like, I want to do this for the rest of my life. So that internship was also though a huge learning curve because again, when you're in community relations, you talk to every single department in for the lightning. Like there's not one department you don't talk to. You talk to sales, you talk to marketing, you talk to partnership activation, which I didn't even know was a thing before I got there, <laughs> to be honest. And again, you're kind of like, we used to joke, like everyone calls you like the nice department, right? Like it's like, oh, you know, you put on, you like, you know, you work with the wish kids and you work with uh, the, the children's hospital. But then it's like, we'd say like, they just expect you, you're like the yes man. Like they're like, oh, because you're so nice. Like you, you just should, you know, say yes to everything, which is a great title to have. But that being said, it's again, back to what I learned with my Make-A-Wish internship. It's like, you need to know who you're talking to, how to talk to them. And that in itself, that one skill can be applied to even what I do now at MSG. Um, and then just like a fun little side note, when I was a senior, I wrote, my English teacher had us do like this thing where we wrote a letter to ourselves on, and he was gonna send it to us. I think it was like five or six years later. And he was like, write down certain things, like what you hope to have accomplished by then. And I ended up getting it years later. And I wrote, I hope by this point you've worked for the Tampa Bay Lightning and Community Relations. So like, that was like really cool for me. Like I was freaking out. <laughs> <laughs> so that's just um again I could go on about that internship forever because it so it just again not to reiterate it but it just proved that I want to do that in my future however back to you can't stay on one path when I graduated I was unemployed for four months and I was freaking out because I needed a job and I couldn't get a job in sports and I was kind of like, whoa, I've had all these internships and I still can't get a job. Like someone just give me a chance here. I knew grad school wasn't for me. Um, no shade against anyone who goes to it. But financially, that was not realistic at all. It was like, no, you need to work. And I was getting to that point where it was like, OK, if you don't get a job soon, like you're going to have to start doing part time work or like go be a bartender, like go work, you know, and nothing wrong with that. But it was just at the point where I needed a job. So again, my professor's little advice came to my head and he said, think outside the box. And I found a job at Showtime that I worked at very briefly. Um, I'm, it was a sales job. Honestly, I, I hated it. <laughs> it was a, it was, I felt like a, like glorified assistant. Like I worked with like, 50, I don't even know. I don't, maybe like 25 different accounts, um, basically. I was helping like all the different ways we stream Showtime. So like Hulu, Charter, Verizon, like how you get it through your TV or your OTT accounts, like Apple and Amazon, like all those types of accounts. Um, I worked with 
those different teams on how we were going to sell Showtime because obviously like people aren't it's an, a, an expense like it's a luxury to get Showtime or HBO but again as much as I didn't like it it taught me a lot because I was I'm not kidding on a day-to-day basis I think I talked up to like 40 to 50 people a day um so it just taught me how to deal with different personalities and I think something huge with people our age is it's really easy to get intimidated if you're like me I was 21 at this huge network and I was working with 40 50 year olds and sometimes I had to be the person to tell them no and like that was really hard for me in the beginning because I don't know if it was how I was raised but sometimes I felt like I was I didn't want to come across disrespectful because I was this like young girl out of college and telling like a 55 year old man like no you did that wrong and this is what you need to fix and like that's just not going to cut it And especially like, you know, this podcast is focused on like women, young women in sports or, you know, sports or business, like that can be taken the wrong way. You know, like some, some men don't like that. (laughs) Like they aren't okay with this young girl telling them like, yeah, you might've done this the last 20 years of your career and think that's the right way. And now this new person and female on top of it is telling you like, no, not only did you do that wrong, but like you should change your ways. Like that was something that was really hard for me in the beginning, but now it benefited me because now I'm at a job that I'll get into at MSG where like I constantly have to tell people when something needs to be fixed. And now I feel like I'm confident enough in myself and comfortable with myself as a person um, to know how to speak to them and how to explain it to them and address it to them if they're doing something that's wrong And again, something huge to note is when you're telling someone something, it's never personal. Like when I tell them something, it's for the benefit of the entire company or for the department. It's never coming from a place where it's like, hey, I'm just nitpicking you, which I think is something like that just comes from experience when communicating with people on how to address that. Um, So that was my role at Showtime. I left there super quick. I was only there like 11 months. Because, but again, I took it because in my head, is it, was it sports? No, but it was a major name that I could throw on my resume. And I met some of my closest friends that I still talk to and my boss who I still talk to. And again, it's always just about building that network. Like to go back to what I said when I was a freshman, I knew nobody. And now I was, again, just expanding my network being at Showtime, you know, I'm just meeting more people and being able to reach out for advice. Like one of my friends from Showtime, Steve, I always say he's like my mentor because he's really who I go to when I need career advice. And that's only something you're going to get when you open yourself up to these different opportunities. Um, And then now I could get into my current role at MSG because that's how I got here from being at Showtime. And thanks to Steve, who I just mentioned. So I was looking at new jobs and I wanted to get back into the sports thing because being at Showtime just proved even more. I need to get back to sports. It's, if you knew me, all I kept saying was, I want to get back in sports. I want to get back in sports. It was like a broken record over and over again. And I saw MSG Networks was applying for something called a traffic coordinator. And my friend Steve said, well, what are you doing? Apply for it. And I said, I have no idea what the hell that means. I don't know what a traffic coordinator is. And he was like, okay. So he's like, you'll just learn it. And I was like, uh, I guess like, 
let me, it's MSG. So let me just put my resume in. So I did, I get the interview and I go on it and it's with my two bosses who we always joke about now. They're like, they're like, your interview was so much fun because when I tell you, we didn't talk about like, I think 10 minutes of our interview was serious conversation and the rest, we actually talked about Tough Mudder, which is why it's funny when I say like, take these weird opportunities because my boss was like, oh, I've always wanted to do one. Like, can you tell me about it? Cause I ran one when I worked there. <laughs> so the whole, the whole time we kind of just talked about Tough Mudder and just like, ended up talking about like what we like to do in our free time. And it was very conversational. And then I remember leaving there and my friends and family being like, oh, how'd it go? And I was like, honestly, like, I think really well, but I felt like I was just hanging out with friends. Like, I don't know if it was, I don't know if I was professional enough. I feel like we were just like talking like we knew each other forever, which in the grand scheme of things, that's really a, a better thing, right? Like you want to be friends with the people you interview with and work for. So uh, I actually found out I, I did get the job, obviously. And I found out after they told me that after my interview, they went into the HR office and said, that's it. Just hire her. Like we want, we want her on the team, which means a lot to me. And now I can get into what I actually do. Cause you know, like I said, I had no idea what a traffic coordinator was. And of course now I do. I've been here three years. However, it took me like a year and a half to fully comprehend because we truly talk to every single department. So um, like you mentioned, I'm a part of MSG networks, which is, you know, there's MSG. So there's the main garden where like the hockey games are, basketball games, concerts, and then across the street is MSG Networks where I am and that's where the studio is. So the pre and post game shows for the Knicks and all that. So as a traffic coordinator, basically when you're watching a game or just our regular scheduled programming, I work with ad sales across the street on prioritizing who runs. Like every advertiser pays a certain amount and then we dictate where the spots run. So in a Rangers game, say Apple pays three grand to run a commercial, we have to figure out where to place that over, say, like a Mercedes spots that paid $400 for their spot. And that's how we go about prioritizing when you so when you watch a game and you just see the commercials run, that's actually us figuring out <laughs> where and why they should run, which you know, day to day, like watching games my whole life, you never think or care about it. You're just like, oh yeah, look at this commercial on. But it's like, no, there's a reason why certain things run the way they do. And that's my job to work with ad sales to figure out what, where they should run. And then on top of that, I work um, day to day with the actual clients. So like, I'll reach out to Apple and say, hey, you're booked to run tomorrow night and we don't have your commercial. And then I actually receive the commercial information from them and upload upload it so that it runs properly. Because say they pay three grand and we run an old spot from like two months ago, that's a huge thing because we're gonna lose that. The company loses the three grand if the wrong spot runs. So it's like kind of high pressure <laughs> because you don't want it to run wrong and then we lose the money. And then on top of that, I work directly with the Islanders production team. So everyone in my team and my department gets assigned a team. So one of us has the Knicks, one of us has the Rangers. And ironically, I have the Islanders because I grew up absolutely despising them. So I always laugh about it. So <laughs> I work with the Islanders production guys and basically I create a script for them. So now the next time you watch a game, please notice this because you're never going to watch a game the same. So when you see like a 
lower third pop up or like a feature like infinity regional starting lineup and then it's like the players that are about to you know start the game that's actually me or one of my coworkers writing that on a script and then the broadcasters will say now time for our infinity regional starting lineup and that's us creating that and giving it to them so it's not just like magically happening in a game that's like if i don't put a game flow so like a little tiny like miller Coors light gold game flow that pops up on your screen if i don't put that on my cover it won't run in the game and again the advertisers pay tons of money to run certain features so it's it's pressure because the system has a high chance for human error right because i'm the one creating it or my coworker is the one creating it so like if we just forget to put it on our cover script because again human error then it's like oh shit like something didn't run and it was five grand <laughs> like it's a very um my first year was kind of a disaster and I thought I was horrible because I didn't even know this was a thing right like I would just watch a game and I didn't think twice about it so my my first year was just learning what these features meant like I would get a form that said like Duncan fueled performance feature and I would read it and I would literally call my boss I'd be like I don't know what this means like and then all of a sudden you had to put together, I'm the type of person where I can't just do something because someone tells me to, like, I need to understand why, or it's just not going to click to me. So it's like, no, no, no. But why am I doing this? <laughs> because if I don't know the reason behind it, it's going to just set me up to make more mistakes down the line, because I'm not going to be able to critically think and be proactive about something if I don't understand why it's supposed to run. And going back to what I said at Showtime, like telling people no, working with ad sales in season, they could tell me, say it's a game night Thursday and at three o'clock they'll email me being like, oh, can this feature get in for tonight's game? And I'll just straight up be like, absolutely not. I'm not telling production three hours before game time that something's running. And they'll be like, oh, are you sure? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> I am so positive because I learned my first year I would reach out to production and they would kind of get frazzled because, you know, they're doing their own thing. The game is about to start in a few hours and now you're emailing them about something new. But my first year I was like, oh, let me see an ask trying to be nice. And now it's like every season I send an email now where I'm like, if it is after 12, don't even ask me <laughs> because it is not happening. Which if you told me at like a few years ago, I would have that confidence to say that to people. I would be like, absolutely not. Like, I, I can't say that to someone. Like, I don't want to come across rude. And now I'm like, listen, do not reach out to me about this after. I mean this in the most respectful and nice way possible, but you need to get it together beforehand and not make empty promises. It'll run next game. <laughs> so that's just like a brief. Um, can wow. I just, yeah, I was just saying, can <laughs> I just say, you made me so happy. Like when you were talking <laughs> about why you want to get into sports like the making memories like that is exactly how i feel because anytime i got into sports like my first real experience was sports marketing with virginia tech athletics and getting to put on events where mm -hmm. like i went to them as a child and i was like this is mm -hmm. exactly like i could see myself sitting in the stands with my family or like yep. see myself and the kids that were there now and i was like making those memories for them like mm -hmm. a kid getting to shoot a half court shot and making it it's like i mean i didn't put the ball in the hoop but it was yeah. like I gave them the opportunity. So yeah, that ability to 
help make a memory for someone else is exactly why I got into this industry. And like you just saying that and like your story, I'm just like so happy. I'm so happy you're just even saying that because when I tell people, I feel like the cheesiest, corniest person in the world when I say it, but like it's truly like how I feel and I don't know how else to express myself. Like, like you said, like my entire childhood, childhood is memories of sports with my family and friends like and those are my favorite memories and I can't I can't express it any differently like that's why I want to do what I want to do and like even when I just hear like right now I'm you know I'm not in the space I want to be in but just hearing when my friends talk about like watching a game like it's just like oh like I love the fact that I can say I work for MSG because I still contribute in a way you know it's okay we can be cheesy together I love it I'm all for it let's be corny (laughs) and then one thing that also really stood out to me that you were talking is when you get a task or when you know you just get that new job figuring out why am I doing this not just going through the motions I think that that is so important especially so often when you know you're starting your career you're just doing it but Mm -hmm. at the end of the day when a decision needs to be made you don't know why you went through these steps so therefore you can't really make a decision and so having that mentality of like okay yes I have no problem doing this but why are we doing this because I don't want you to micromanage me and tell me every time Mm -hmm. something needs to get done I want to be able to understand the process and be able to kind of make that decision myself when you don't know why you're doing something your ability to critically think just goes completely out the window and I think that's like something that you can't really teach people like you know I think sports world is very sink or swim in a good way like when you're working in it obviously they're going to give you a chance and chances but you know it's kind of like a cutthroat atmosphere like you need to be able to think on your toes and if you don't know why, then you're not going to be able to do that. And that's just something I kind of learned when I did mess up because I did mess something up. And like you said, when someone asked me why I did it, all of a sudden I just looked blankly at them and I was like, you know what? I don't know. (laughs) So now ever since then, I always ask why I'm doing something. So I think, like you said, if anyone could take away from this, if whoever listens to this, it's just always ask why you're doing it. You will not sound dumb. Just ask why. (laughs) No, I mean, I think there's a lot of things to take away from this. But <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> one thing I, I really loved and I think is really important for people to focus on during this COVID period is that idea of being open-minded mm-hmm. um, with your opportunities. Because I've talked to a lot of people where they're like, well, you know, a lot of jobs in sports aren't available right now. Like, what if I go for a job that's not in sports? And it's like, this is not the end of your life. Like, this isn't the 1920s anymore right. where you get one job and you work there for 45 years or like your entire career. Like, mm-hmm. it's okay to go outside of sports or maybe not a route where you're passionate or like where you want to, you know, end game. But like, look for a job and be strategic about it. Look where you could see skills that you'll mm-hmm. utilize down the road. So I think mm-hmm. that like, if they should hold on to a lot of things but another thing that I think (laughs) hopefully stand out to them is you know it's okay to pivot every once in a while yeah and I mean listen like even right now what I do day to day it's not what I want to do like full like long term like I still am determined and my dream is still to go in that community relations field or social impact or nonprofit type of sector of sports but I think like to your to your point and what I was trying to get at is you you are in control of your own destiny right and that's something I full I really fully believe in um 
And my thing is, okay, I'm not there right now, but what can I do to get there? That I feel like I'm always kind of thinking in that mindset, um, just making your connections at your job now, like who you talk to every day. I make sure I talk to everyone all the time and me, I'm very vocal about what I want to do. My boss is very aware of what I want to do. My coworkers are very aware of what I want to do and not in a way where I got there and I was just roaming the halls, just saying, I want to work in community relations. Cause I, you know, you don't want to come across like you're not appreciative of where you're are, where you are now but it speaks for people to know because if you make that good relationship with them at work and then they maybe hear of an opportunity you are the name they think about because you mentioned it to them and you expressed that so I think it's huge to always kind of be thinking ahead like in my free time I also still volunteer with Make-A-Wish I'm a wish granter and I also am a part of like a young professionals network where I'm part of an impact committee for our chapter. And yeah, it's just because I want to do that. And I love Make-A-Wish. But again, like it's always just keeping your mind present to what you want to do. I want to work in community relations and it's where my passion is. So in my head, I'm like, how can I keep that passion burning? It's still volunteering with Make-A-Wish. And then when I do go on an interview down the line, I can still use that in my interview because I'm not like, oh, I want to work in community relations. I'm not doing it now. And it's not like I'm shutting that part of my brain or my life down. There's still ways to bring that into your day-to-day life, even if it's not a part of your nine to five. And I think a lot of people in sports or even entertainment, they all of a sudden don't get what they want right away and they immediately shut down. And I just hope like another thing people take from this is like, there is always a way you can get there. It just might look a little funky, <laughs> but don't shut down if you don't get there. We're, you know, right now we're so young. And like you said, it's a pandemic, so it's rough right now, but your life isn't over, you know? Yeah. And I think like diving into that a little bit more, cause you mentioned it, like how you're still volunteering. I know a lot mm-hmm. of people, you know, either look for the full-time job or internships to get that experience, but a lot of people don't really talk about volunteering anymore and how that's still a thing. I mean, I'm still looking for a full-time job, but I just volunteered this past weekend at the Wells Fargo championship. I'll say yes, they didn't pay that. me. I actually had to pay <laughs> to volunteer. <laughs> But I mean, it was a great experience just to get back into sports. And now I can put that on my resume. And I think a lot of times younger generations tend to feel entitled. And oh, don't get me I, going. I don't want to offend anyone, but they don't tend get to me think, going, yeah. <laughs> they think they're entitled to, you know, money when yep. you know, they give their time or their effort. And it's like, no. And I think when you volunteer, you really set yourself apart and it shows you're willing to do it and that you're passionate about it. And I think the key here that both of you ladies have mentioned is that you're volunteering while you're working. Like you're not volunteering because you don't have a job or, you know, you don't get a job and then just stop all hope or working Mm -hmm. towards that dream job. Like you are like you guys know sports is a hustle, but it's like you're working, (laughs) but you're also volunteering and interning with things that align with your passion. So that way, when the time does come, like you're ready for it. And I think so often people forget that. It's not just, you know, you get a job and you're done. No, like we said earlier, sports is very competitive. So it's like, what are you doing outside of your nine to five? If you might not have that dream job, are you, there's a lot of different groups, like you can volunteer within sports organizations, or you can do things like become a mentor. There's a lot of mentoring programs. There's a lot of networking programs. So since I'm black, I'm aware of like minorities in sports or like black sports professionals and they have committees. So ultimately I'm going to 
to work in corporate partnerships and they have a corporate partnership committee. So like she said, you don't necessarily have to only volunteer, you know, when your back is against the wall, you can always volunteer when you are working, when you do have that internship and kind of build a stronger resume altogether. So far from home and you're trying to figure out school and this this new you know way of living because you're going to class you don't have maybe your parents there all the time and now you're trying to figure out what you want to do and for me personally like doing different jobs and volunteering like it gets to know who you are better as a person and the only way you're going to be confident at a future career is finding out who you are yourself and you're only going to learn that through these different volunteering and internships so I don't think like you said before like it's this mindset of like oh I'm better than something it's like when you're in that position when you don't have a job and you're you're in college and you're getting this degree like you are figuring out yourself so you're not better than anything because you don't even know who you are yet I mean, you don't, you, you're constantly evolving and growing as a person. Like, I mean, I'm 25 and I, I'm, I would hope that I'm still learning and growing every single day and every year. So that's why when I say things, it's like, this is how I feel right now. But a year from now, I would hope if we did the same interview, I would have something different to add to this because you should constantly be willing to learn something new. You know, that's like the, the beauty of life as cheesy as it sounds again, like we're all put on this earth to try to like learn each year and every day. So there's never, I feel like the mindset of like, oh, I'm better than this. It's like, are you though? (laughs) Because we're all trying to figure this thing out right now. So we're all in the same boat here. So I don't know who's better than who, but that's just how I feel. Hashtag growth mindset, people. Yeah. (laughs) But no, like I just finished taking like NYU courses for, um, what is it? Wow, this is bad. I have a certificate and I don't even remember. <laughs> oh, the fundamentals of global sports management. I mean, I have a master's. <laughs> yeah, I did finish. Woo-hoo. Yeah. Um, but it's like, I have a master's in sports management, but I'm still taking courses. I mean, I just signed up for a marketing analytics class. Like there's always more to learn because the thing, the great thing about sports is that it's constantly changing, constantly mm-hmm. growing, especially in technology. Yep. Like there's never, you can never know it all ever. Like if someone told me they knew it, I'll be like, you lying, like, get out, go <laughs> leave. And I think this year specifically with the pandemic, it really, 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 really put a spotlight on companies and specifically people in certain roles where it's like, do you know what's going on? Because also now it's like the world stopped. And are you aware of what's relevant and what's current and and what people want and what people need? And I think that was huge. I think this year, and I, maybe it's easier for me to say because I didn't lose my job. So maybe I'm just like privileged in this sense. But this year, I feel like I would hope it really put a focus on in these companies and organizations, how younger people should have a bigger voice in these bigger organizations. Because I think it showed maybe if you were you know, an SVP there for 25 years and you got comfortable in your role. And all of a sudden it was like, oh man, like we need the money. We need the ratings. Who knows current events better than the 23 year old that's literally 20 feet from you usually in the office. Why don't you go talk to him or her and collaborate? And then that's how we can grow as an entire organization. And I would hope across the board in sports and just entertainment, I think that was like, as unfortunate as it was that things shut down, I think that was a huge positive that came from it. 
No, I, I'll say that's interesting. I hadn't, I hadn't thought about it like that. I was going to say as someone who did lose their job <laughs> uh, because of COVID. Um, yeah, I think especially because with sports now, the focus really is on building, you know, brand awareness with the younger generation. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, you know, an older generation isn't willing to kind of learn, look from that perspective or really understand it. Mm -hmm. um, so it is interesting that you kind of did cut off, you know, the source of being able to understand that. But I do know, I will say like most companies across the board, like I know people who, you know, had been in a company for 25 years and they got laid off. So I yeah. think to your point too, you kind of saw maybe a company's priorities yeah. based off of where the layoffs were, um, which oh, I, for I sure. found very interesting. Yeah, That is sure. so true because even just watching, although like everybody has their mixed, you know, emotions about sales, a lot of the salespeople didn't lose their jobs because, you know, people still want to make money mm -hmm. and just knowing, and that was something I had to learn throughout the pandemic is like the revenue generating side versus like, you know, the community side or the family side. Whereas before I didn't really look at them as a separate entity. I was just like, oh, you know, you work in community relations, there's sales, there's marketing, there's events, but I didn't Step, take a step back and go oh okay this department is where majority of the money comes from this department actually executes all of the activations that is bringing in the money this department does this so I think within the pandemic it allowed me to really understand the business more and I hope everyone took that moment to you know understand the business more because like you guys said there was a lot going on yeah this was a this was a scary year for I mean a lot of people and obviously and just health reasons but work-wise I think you know obviously and like when I talk now I'm like oh like don't get down on yourself and you know like Kelly you're saying you lost your job and like I think working in sports and if you have this dream of wanting like they're really hard <laughs> hard days and weeks like I mean you can if my boyfriend was here he'd be like you know for sure but like I probably like have a breakdown like once every three months because I start like freaking out about like my career, like how I do want to work in community relations. So I definitely think what I want people to take away from this too is like, I'm obviously on here talking confidently and talking about like my journey and like where I am at now, but we're trying to get to where you want to be in sports. Like it can be emotionally and mentally draining. And I think that's just the reality of it, but I just want to make sure it's like why I stress more, like just constantly keep like believing in yourself that you can do it because it does get really hard, especially this year when a lot of people were losing their jobs, which is why I think like who you're surrounding yourself by and your community is huge because it is really hard <laughs> to get into sports. So like, you're not going to have some really positive days and like, you need to be like mentally tough to get yourself into that zone kind of. Yeah, no, it's been huge. Like my support system around me has been huge during this period. I mean, Hollis alone, um, even though it is unfortunate that we both did lose our jobs, like it was kind of nice to have someone understand that perspective. Because mm -hmm. I had people reach out to me who I, I mean, I, I love them, but they would be like, oh, like, I understand, like, it sucks what happened to you. You know, we're kind of in the same situation because I could be furloughed, you know, in the next couple of months. And it was like, this person was not in the same situation, like just life in general. It's like, you don't really understand. I get like, I appreciate you reaching out, but it's like, you don't really understand what I'm going through. But I think it's also important to have people outside of sports, you know, like oh, not sure. everyone has to be the sports fan that you go to. Like, I mean, my family, 
was awesome. But I mean, like, even when I've been networking this, I've been talking to people outside of sports and just picking their brain and learning about them and talking to them about what they're passionate about, because I mean, you can really just learn so much just about life, not a job or how to get into, you know, a specific position, but just like talk to people, especially now, because you really never know where it could lead and they could really offer you something that you never thought that you needed. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm like, I was just saying with the volunteer with Make-A-Wish stuff, like I, the group that I'm in the YPP, I'm the only one who works in sports. Everyone else is in like banking or finance or jobs that go completely over my head, but it's been really cool and interesting to talk to them because our day-to-day lives are so different And it's almost like refreshing hearing someone with a completely different day-to-day to to talk to. And I think, again, like saying like kind of with the theme here, don't be so like one track minded being in the sports world. It's like, you can learn a lot just from talking to anyone in general. So to your point, I totally agree. Like being able to connect with people outside of sports is huge. And I think people kind of either get stuck or afraid to do it. But like, all you have to do is just like, now there's so many resources like LinkedIn groups. And that's how I found out about you guys is through LinkedIn. And <laughs> so, and I was like, oh, this is great. Like, this is, I've literally been saying, this is what girls our age need in sports is a podcast like this. And I found you both through LinkedIn. So that in itself is like a huge, a huge deal that it's through social media, through these, networking sites you never know what you're going to come across and I love that you found us on LinkedIn because sometimes that algorithm is a little tricky so I'm really (laughs) glad that you know we popped up on your feed and you really enjoyed the content but I will say as much as I have enjoyed all of you know the gems that you have dropped I feel like that's our saying now that we say for most Mm -hmm. of the episodes because everyone is dropping so much knowledge and wisdom but we do have two last questions for you and the first one is what advice do you have for any individual trying to break into the sports industry? See, I mean, my advice is pretty simple. I just think I so many kids in college um, say all of a sudden that they tried to get jobs in sports and they couldn't get it or they didn't like what they were doing at their first job or it wasn't, they didn't pay them enough. So they immediately just dropped working in sports altogether. And I think my advice is just believe in yourself. Like it's, it is a, it takes a long time. Like if you talk to, you know, you hear those stories where it's like some person is like, oh, I got an internship and they hired me and I've been there like 15 years. And like, yeah, like, great. Good for you. Like, that's not real life. Like, that's just, I like, I freaking wish like, that's not, that's not how it goes. Like, I'm very happy for you. And that's great. But like, my advice is just believe in yourself, believe in your hard work, it might take you a really long time, but like, do not, do not, do not give up on it. It's something you're passionate about. I can guarantee you it will show and someone will take a chance on you eventually. So just keep going at it. I have seen so many times through my years and I'm only 25, but I just saw it so often through college and through my entry level jobs where people get set up and they're like, I'm over it. I'm going to just go like be a real estate agent, which no shade, like good for them, but don't give up on yourself so easily. It could take a really long time. And unfortunately that's just the nature of the beast. If you want to work in this industry. Found the stone, which is the (laughs) name of a book. And if you're in that situation, if you connect to that, I definitely recommend reading it. 
It's all about building grit because you need grit to be in sports. You'll appreciate it more once you get there. Oh, you will. Like when I didn't get that internship with the Lightning and then I got it, I was like, I appreciate it. I didn't get an internship with MSG. And then when I got this, I was like, damn, I didn't even need that internship. I still got here. <laughs> you know, like, it, like you said, like it builds character when you get rejection letters. It sucks in the moment, but it'll only, it only make you appreciate it more when you finally achieve it. So just stick it out. My favorite uh, quote is by Stuart Scott and there's redemption in the struggle. So that is what I always say to myself, like probably I have a tattooed on my arm. So <laughs> that's how much, that's how much I, I think that quote applies to life. And if you're trying to get by in this career. 100%. If you're going to have one tatted, that's a good one. Thank you. Yeah, that's my mom. She was pissed. (laughs) See, there's so many worse that I can think of. Um, But our our last question, because you are awesome. So it's natural that someone will want to talk to you after this and reach out. So what would be the best way for someone to contact you? Um. Obviously, you could find me on LinkedIn. Um, just look Casey Lang, MSG Networks. I'll pop up. Uh, my picture is me next to the Stanley Cup. So hopefully it stands out. <laughs> um, so anyone can message me on LinkedIn always. I'm like always down to talk about, you know, just career advice, anything, volunteer, make a wish. I'm very involved with them. So even if they have a make a wish question, they could send it my way. Um, they could always message me on Instagram. Casey underscore underscore Louise. And then I'm on Twitter as well, Casey underscore Lang, but with two G's. So they anyone wants to reach out, I'm always willing to chat sports or, you know, I'm just I'm here to talk. I and honestly, like if anyone wants to reach out about if they're working in community relations, let a girl know. I'd love to, I'd love to hear from them. I'd love to pick their brains. Like plug. Yes, call her. (laughs) let me know I'm your girl for the job so if anyone listens to this that can help me out this is also my chance (laughs) to say that's my information so love thank you Casey for being here today once again I mean as we've already said you'd be dropping gems people aren't picking them up that's their problem (laughs) (laughs) but our loyal listeners we hope that you'll be back for our next episode. Yes, we shall see you guys next week. Have a great week.